Welcome back to another episode of the Black Menace Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Weaver, and I'm here with my other host. Yes, so what a wonderful, uh, we're recording on a Thursday, but you guys will hear this on a Wednesday, it is, um, for all of us. And we have a wonderful guest with us. We have Cedric here with us today. Say hi to the listeners. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me, guys. Yes. Okay, we're super excited for our interview with Cedric today, but before that, we're going to do our Menace Moment. And... Nate, correct me. I don't think we've done one on Amanda Seals, have we, right? We haven't done one? Okay. I wanted to feature her just because she had come up on my timeline. And um, yeah, she's awesome. And yeah, because yeah, she does have a podcast. That would actually be really cool if we could get her. We should reach out. But um, I wanted to feature her just because I know she has a very, she has done a lot in her career. So I'll go through some of those things today. Um, so she was born in Jul- on July 1st, 1981. Cancer. We love that. Um, and really, um, her career started later in her life, um, most of for what she's known for. And she kind of has um, done comedy. She's done acting. She's done, a, like, one thing in political commentary and, like, kind of social media following around um, activism and really speaking out on social issues related to the Black community. Something that I think is really cool about her is she has a master's degree from Columbia University in African American Studies, and um, which I learned because I was introduced through her being on The Real. I don't know if any of you guys know know what that show was, um, but she was one of the hosts for only six months. Um, and so that's how I was introduced to her and um, learned about her um, really being able to just eloquently speak on issues uh, about the black community and really marginalized communities in general. She's really aware. And um, I love just listening to her talk and I love the way she thinks. But some of the things that she's known for in terms of acting is from 2017 to 2021, she starred in Insecure. If anybody knows that show, I love Insecure. Um, Someone at my job, they just asked, what's your favorite black TV show? And I was like, oh, Insecure. Like, not even the old-time ones. I'm like, I think it's 100% Insecure. Um, And so she was a very um, pivotal character throughout that show. Um, Her first comedy, stand-up comedy special was um, in January of 2019 with HBO. um, And the special was called I Can Be Known, Bring the Funny. And it was a comedy competition series that premiered in July of 2019 on it. Um, And then... Um, also she, when she was on the reel before she actually became a full-time host, she had served as a guest host several times. And then when one of their, um, permanent hosts left, she was asked to come on in January of 2020. Um, but again, like I said, she departed after six months in saying that she was dissatisfied and not being able to speak openly about social issues, which makes sense if she's on like a platform um, that, you know, they kind of want to have a certain narrative about themselves. She wasn't able to speak freely, which she wasn't used to. So she left the show. Um, Also in June of 2020, I didn't know that she hosted the BET Awards. 
I didn't know that. I didn't, I don't watch the BET awards like that, but I thought that was cool. Um, yeah. And then in 2020, she launched, um, uh, something called Smart, Funny, and Black, a comedy game show that showcases Black culture, history, and experience. Um, and I've never seen that, but a lot of other people have, and I have heard good things about it. Um, as well as uh, she has a podcast right now called Small Doses with Amanda Seal. And so I'd love to, um, like you said, Nate, have her on our podcast or, or be on hers. And she's a really, really great speaker. And I just think she's really, she's very educated on issues. And I recommend following her on social media as well, because she just makes, you know, videos commenting on what's happening um, on current things, funny things. And I just think she has a really punchy way to educate people on uh, social issues. And something current that she recently did um, is that she signed an open letter to Joe Biden um, asking for a ceasefire ceasefire um, for the bombs, um, for the genocide that's happening in Israel. Um, the genocide is um, bringing um, to Gaza. And so I thought that was something I wanted to mention that she only she doesn't just speak on issues facing the black community, but really any social issue. And I, I really look up to her and I hope to be able to um, influence people in the same way she has because she's um, I think it's really cool that she doesn't feel held down by one title right like she's a comedian social issues an actor um, and I just really love black women living in their truth in whatever way that looks like for her and she kind of just takes opportunities as they come and um, does really well at them because she's awesome so I recommend following her and uh, seeing what she does with her life because she's always doing really awesome things <laughs> Really? She's right there? First one on the timeline. I mean, yeah, I mean, our messaging is not far, like, they're different, but they're they're related, so that, that makes total sense. Um, but let's get into our interview with Cedric today. We'll give it over to you to introduce yourself um, to, the, to the listeners. Yeah, for sure. So, first of all, again, this, I'm so happy to be here. Uh, so, my name is Cedric, and so uh, my background, I'm from the Ivory Coast originally, so I came to, to the state of Utah um this was in 20 2010 2010 2011 so i've been here ever since um and so my background is in uh marketing and uh and sales so it's me beautiful yeah so i want to ask you know you mentioned that you're from the ivory coast mm -hmm. and uh, earlier we we're talking you said you came here around like yeah 99 2000 yeah okay. so what was it like I guess leaving the Ivory Coast. How old were you when you left? I was I was seven and eight at the time when I came. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. Okay, so seven eight years. Seven eight years old. Yeah, so I was super young. Like kind of you know, living your life somewhere else. Yeah. And then coming to the United States, um, what was that adjustment like? For you? Oh man, it was a it was a shock. It was a shock because the the first thing that actually shocked me is that I've never seen an airplane before. Oh. So when I actually got to the airport, I saw the airplane. I was like the the most amazing thing that I've ever seen. Yeah. And so, and by the way, I actually came by myself. You know, the, the, oh. you know yeah, the, I, I got, I got sent you alone. And so I didn't speak any English at the time. And so, oh my God. Uh, so on the plane, uh, so this is how, this is how it works. So you leave um, the Ivory Coast, Abidjan, which is the capital. And then you go to Paris, it's like six hours. And then from uh, Paris to DC. So I moved to DC when I first, when I first okay, came so here. I was going to ask where you went. Yeah, yeah. So I went to DC. So that's like at the time, I think nine hours, 10 hours flight. So just imagine, like you know, the first flight was yeah. a little traumatic because I, I was away from my from my family at the time. Oh my god! And so I had someone to just kind of like watch over me, and so I had to go through the how many outbreaks did I go through? Um, outbreaks, um, two of them. So I leave my family. This is the first one. I got someone to watch watch for me. 
that person leaves and then the assignment is somebody else and that person speak English. Mm. And and this was like the first time I ever seen a white person ever. I mean, um, it was also shocking to see wow. a white person ever. And so we go on the street, but she was she was so nice though. Uh, mm-hmm. She took care of me in the plane. Like I didn't speak English at the time, but she was uh, she was great. She was awesome. So that's how it came. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you moved, like then, like you're, I love the description you gave because I would never even think about what that ex- You know what I mean? Like yeah. in my head, I wouldn't think about that experience of like being on the plane at that young of an age mm-hmm. and doing something like that. <clears throat> so when you got to DC, how was it getting adjusted to the culture in America? Like how did it feel? Was especially like going to school and not knowing yeah. English, like what was that experience like in your adolescence up to teenage years? Yeah, yeah. so it, it was it was very interesting um, because the first thing I just wanted to address is that immigration wasn't as complicated as it is today. Mm. So it was a lot easier to, to come to the U.S. Uh, everything was pretty much like structured, but everything just kind of like changed after... September 11, that's when everything changed. Really? So during the time when I actually came, it was it was nice. It was peaceful. People were always nice. I didn't have any problem. Even the fact that I didn't speak any, you know, any English was, you know, wasn't even an issue like that. You know, I had people just kind of like help me. I had, you know, some some family members in DC. So it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Like okay. this is a different climate, right? Mm-hmm. So and it was pretty good. But then after the bombing, like Everything, you know, shifted when it comes to immigration. And to be honest, like all the, the issues that you actually see with immigration today actually started from there. This is kind of like, you know, the, you know, the foundation of what, what we got going on with immigration today. So I believe you actually started with that. So that's how I never thought about how, I mean, I th- I've, I know how it has influenced like the way security is handled in the United mm-hmm. States, yeah. but I don't think I ever like that's interesting that you have that perspective as someone you're like, no, I came before this happened and mm-hmm. it really was like a, a simple process. Oh, and yeah, now it it's was. extremely complicated mm-hmm. and is very devastating to many families. It is. So, yep. That's a shame. I mean, that's something that like Rachel was saying, I hadn't really thought about. Um, you know, like it, it makes sense, but it's not something that I really thought about because I was still very young. I think I, I was born in 1996. Mm-hmm. So I, don't know what been like. I remember 9-11. Um, but I don't necessarily remember uh, what things were like before. Yeah. That's how they were after right. kindergarten. Yeah. But yeah, I guess that does make a lot of sense. And uh, I can see how after that, basically the 20 years that we've had since, things just keep getting worse. Exactly. Worse. Yeah, exactly. So I guess I actually came out there at the perfect time. Right. To be honest. Because, um, yeah, it's it's been it's been difficult for a lot of people, a lot of families to actually come to the U.S., even on the tourist visits. It's, right now, it's even hard to get. Yeah, because like, I was going to ask that if yeah. you, you know, you came and you said you had other family members who had come before mm-hmm. you. So, obviously, they went through the process. Yeah. And so, what about people that have in your family, if they've tried to come after or friends that you know of from back yeah. home, What what's the biggest difference in their experience? Yeah, so, like, the big difference is that if if you have, if you are already here in the States, so you basically sponsor them, right? Mm, and so, when right. they actually go... And file the application and go for the interviews. They will actually send you an email, or they will actually call you, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, "This person is coming to you. Is that true?" Like, you know, they kind of like interview you just to just make sure yeah. the person is legit. It's pretty, pretty, pretty straightforward. But it's a lot easier when you actually have someone here, yeah. Um, as opposed to like, hey, like I just want to come here to visit, mm. um, you know, to see the U.S. and stuff. Back then, it was easy to do it, but now, mm-mm. like, you have to have like a 
a legit motive to actually come here. And if you don't have any family members or if you don't have the trip already prepaid for, then you're just going to get denied right there on the spot. And another thing I was going to mention also, like now they're, they only give people one-year visas, like left and right. It's pretty crazy. Even for those who have been here for a long time, trying to sponsor, you know, family members, they're very, very strict now. Like they'll give, you know, one person in your family, like just like one year, that's it, which means they can only come one time. So if they actually go back, most likely they're just going to have to reapply again. So wow, oh yeah, it's, it's pretty intense for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I know, and I actually, now that you mentioned it, it's just reminding me, my uh, boyfriend, his whole family, um, all his family and friends, yeah. they're all from Ghana. Yeah. And the process of talking about with having them come with somebody, a lot of them, they all vouch for each other. Yeah. And, but this is before all 9-11, like they mm-hmm. all came here to the United States before then. Yep. And so I'm like, oh, well, it probably was an easier process back mm-hmm. then. And um probably looked very different after that and yeah because and i also we also someone that nate knows too um one of our friends her now husband he had she had to wait for so long um to get his uh visa to try to come here Mm -hmm. um when they got married i think they waited like three years oh man um for for that to come through and that was really long i'm not surprised man this this is the worst i've seen for sure in in my years like dealing with immigration oh man and especially with like african countries because my friend with um when her husband got the she she i didn't realize that country by country the way that they handle it Mm -hmm. really varies like i never thought about that i just thought it was all the same right like they're going to handle each country everybody's equal but she was telling me that people coming depending on the country that they're coming from um, because he came from Angola, and so she yeah. was like, they're a lot more strict with non-European countries. Yeah. Um, she's like, they're very, very strict there. They ask way more questions. Mm-hmm. They take a lot longer in mm-hmm. the process. They're they're not rushing to get through the yes. pack of, of of you know requests they have, mm-hmm. and so um, I know that that plays a role in immigration too. Yeah, for sure. I was gonna ask, mm-hmm. kind of along the same thing, you know, in maybe talking with different people who have immigrants the United States, have you noticed a difference in how um, people from different parts of the world talk about their immigration experience? Um, you know, because the, the main people that I've talked to that have, have that have immigrated have been either part of the Latinx community or mm-hmm. the African community. I don't really know too many immigrants very closely outside of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But have you noticed or like, are you aware of a difference mm-hmm. um, you know, on, on people's immigration experience depending on what part of the world? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like that's, that's a very interesting question because everybody, it's the same process for everybody. Let me just say that, right? It's the same process for everyone, right? but the experience is not the same, mm. right? And it typically starts with the country where you, where you're actually coming from. And I believe, um, you know, obviously, you know, the, the U S they're going to have info on the country, you know, as far as like the country goes, like they will know what's going on with the culture, how the people act, like what's going on there. So they already have like, kind of like an idea in their mind of what, like, you know, the people just kind of like look like. And they actually use that, you know what I'm saying, to to pretty much make their decision if you actually ask me. I'll just give you an example. Like when when I went to UVU, for example, there was a lot of people from Dubai, you know what I'm saying? There was like Saudi Arabia and all this stuff and blah, blah. But to me, it's just obvious that, you know, the visa process is just going to be easy because yeah. they have the money. You know what I'm saying? So as opposed to like, you know, um, like Nigeria, for example, like I have a lot of Nigerian friends, but I know a big majority of them, if not all of them, like the process to come to the U.S. 
it's a lot harder now. But that's because they actually look at Nigeria as like being like a the country of fraud. Like people were just doing like mm. fraud all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like cybercrime and all this stuff and whatever it is, whatever the case may be. But I just think that's just kind of that's just kind of weird because there's crimes everywhere. Right. And so yeah, how does and so the way they actually look at it, oh, like, you know, if we actually give them the visa, they're just gonna come here and actually start oh, a mess over here. Oh, do the same thing. That's, oh, okay. that's how that's how they actually look at it. But the majority of the of, of the people that do crimes, they're from everywhere, not just right. from, from a specific place. So that's just kind of like how it works into it. Same thing with, you know, China. You already know, like, you know, a lot of people that come here from China, most of them actually are pretty, pretty wealthy, right? So their process, Ooh, yeah. their process for them is, is, is a breeze, right? My process, like, just to, to give you some context, I got lucky because um, my uncle at the time, he's not here anymore, but he used to be the ambassador of the Ivory Coast here in oh. D.C. So he was stationed in D.C. So my experience was, right. if you actually ask me, like I, like I said, I got lucky. Like my experience yeah. was a breeze. Oh, right? totally. So I feel like I, I, it's almost like a red carpet. They actually, you know, yeah. led it to me from here all the way over there. Right. So like they put me on the plane. I got somebody to, to look at, to look after me. Right. Like you, both you, you got escorted. I got escorted. Basically, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so that's what I'm saying. Like, but, mm. and, and then when I actually got here, this is what kind of got me confused a little bit. But of course, like I mentioned, like, because of what happened with, you know, September 11, I'm going to school in Rock Springs, right? And I'm trying to, I'm trying to get my mom to come, to come visit at a time, right? And so um, the visa process for her to come, right? I, I'm, I'm, I'm a I live here, right? But she's not. And so there's like a couple of steps you have to take to, to make that happen. And, but the very first step was just to just come and visit me, right? So applying for the visa, um was a breeze but that's because i was here mm. you know what i'm saying I'm, I'm the only son and so I, I was here and so the school that i was also going to also supported that i was like hey like and i was staying on campus at the time and so the school gave me everything that i needed hey he's a student here no problem blah blah she got it just like that right mm. so i haven't had you know that many issues and stuff but at the same time, like, I don't think that the U.S. is really looking down on the Ivory Coast like this. Right. It's a country that has multiple crimes and, you know, you know, they're not they're not seeing us, you know, in a negative way. And so our experience is going to be better. But the one country for sure is having a hard time. It's Nigeria, for sure. Mm. I, I can confirm that. Yep. That's interesting. Yeah. interesting that that would be the way that they're judging you. Um, again, I don't know many people in the, you know, in the mm -hmm. immigration community. I don't know yeah. people in the immigration experience outside yeah. of uh, Africa and mm -hmm. uh, Mexico, and just like some, some Latin American country, countries. But <clears throat> I do know that there is also a big, um, there's a big market for scamming in the country of India. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I've never heard anything about um, like bad experience. I wonder mm -hmm. if, if they have like a similar, I haven't heard like too many of things like that about yeah. uh, visas from India. So I, I would wonder if, if it's a similar thing there or if they have a more similar experience like similar from oh yeah absolutely so the as far as india goes just just so you guys know like a lot of indians man if not all of them they are extremely smart they're very very educated so some of the people that i actually know that i'm actually close to they actually went to school there mostly to become doctors um and anything related to computers right so i think like you know this is kind of like the capital for computers mm -hmm. and it does not surprise me because some of the companies that I actually work for right mm -hmm. their IT department got a few of them in there yeah right mm -hmm. 
And and it's funny because you don't typically see them outside of that. Like it's like they have like their own personal world in there. Um, so they're incredibly smart. So like the notion for the scamming, like I said, I think it's it's pretty it's pretty weird, you know, because mm-hmm. they are smart guys in there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like you cannot just like generalize like the whole population just because of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and my experience with with them here in the US has been nothing but great because you know, a lot of guys that I work with IT were Indians. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I never had any problem with them. Mm-hmm. Clean, clean guys, sharp, loving, friendly. You know, they're, they're also very, very funny if you actually get to know them on a personal level. <laughs> but believe, yeah. they are. But yeah, so like, I just don't understand like the whole, why you are to, you want to, you know, mm-hmm. put them in the, in the category when they technically just like don't belong. There, there's crimes there. Don't get me wrong. I've seen a lot of like things when it comes to scamming and stuff, but they're not the only one doing that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen people from, Many countries doing that. Russia, Ukraine, you, you know, yeah. like Sweden, you know what I'm saying? Indonesia. It's, it's, it's all of them. They're all over the place. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, well, we yeah. know in the United States, race plays such a big role in mm. everything yeah. mm-hmm. that, I mean, it's going to play a role in immigration in the way that the United States engages with other countries. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like, if we're being honest, like so many people in the United States have a fear of people from other countries that's genuinely what it is they, they have a fear of people who don't look like them who are different than them and mm-hmm. lawmakers do things to you know they've made it more difficult for people coming from countries that are not going to increase the honestly the white population in the united states yeah. they're they make it a lot harder for them to get here mm-hmm. um which is unfortunate but this yeah. united states of course race is gonna uh, play a big role in, in, in anything and everything yeah. that they do and the way they engage with other places yeah so I agree. You, sorry, were you going to say something else? No, no, no. Okay, no, so, so you, you lived in a few different places around the United States. You mentioned um, starting off in D.C., mm-hmm. and then you said you went to New York after Once, that? I went to New York after okay. that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, sl- I stay in the Conasi area in Brooklyn. And so my experience there was was okay, but I'm still coming from like a very small village, right? So like mm-hmm. it was still like a culture shock. I mean, there's a lot of people there. Um, and he seemed to me that nobody goes to sleep there. Like <laughs> no one York? does in New York. Nobody <laughs> goes to sleep. Mm. And, you know, and it became very overwhelming to just like be there. Mm. So I remember, so this was around a time when Google was just kind of like popping up a little bit. And so I was looking for a very, very, very small school, right? Where like, hey, like, I don't, you know, I, I don't want the noise. I just want a place that's, you know, super quiet and stuff. Mm. And so when I actually did my research, I found one school, but at the time I wasn't ready to go there. So I actually, I got lucky. I actually went back home to, you know, to finish high school. And then when I was actually ready to come back, Mm. I actually went to that school directly. I'm like, I don't want to go back to DC. I don't want to go to New York. I just want to go to that school. Mm. It's a very small school in in Rock Springs. It's a Juco. It's like in the middle of nowhere, but I needed that. Right. So, Mm. um, so I went there, um, played some ball there. And then a couple of people that actually played ball with, they were actually from Utah. So during that time, Ooh. like, especially like during the, like the off season, like we just come here, we just like hang out. Um, the jazz at the time, they started to host like the summer league. So we'll go there, watch the summer league, a couple of games, preseason games and stuff. So it's pretty fun. Okay, yeah. So I'm like, I'm just probably just going to come stay here. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. So is, is that how you ended up with the connection here to Utah or is from the people that you yeah, knew in college? Literally. And cause I was going to ask, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm really curious how, mm-hmm. I mean, it's all. I love hearing everybody's journey how yeah. they end up here, but <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm always very interested. So yeah. tell us more about that. <laughs> yeah. So 
the people, so this is what I learned, like, um, living in Utah, right? And it started, like, literally during that time frame. Mm -hmm. If you're actually with the right people at the right time, I would say, then your chances of survival in that state, just being black, are pretty high at mm -hmm. this point. So I got lucky. I got associated with the, with the right crowd early on, right? And it just, like, seemed to, to continue. I had my experiences with people in Utah. And it's interesting because, like, you know, it, it, it got to the point where you can start to feel things. Hmm. You don't even have to even listen to them. You can, <laughs> as soon as you're in, in front of it, you can start to feel things and stuff. Can you elaborate on what you mean? Like, feel what? You can, you feel like they're, they're confused. Mm -hmm. They're scared. Mm -hmm. They don't even know how to approach you. They don't even know how to talk to you. But because I'm kind of like a, a social butterfly, typically what I'll do, I just break the ice, mm -hmm. right? I don't have to do it. But I'm just choosing to do it so it's not weird mm -hmm. for them. They don't know that. But I'm mm -hmm. like, hey, like, I'm just trying to make sure you're comfortable around me, right? Yeah. Um, so that was like my first experience. But with those, some of my teammates from, you know, they were from Utah, it wasn't the same. Like, they always loved me since the very beginning, you know what I'm saying? And then they were, they were going to the Mormon church. And so my experience with them just kind of like gave me the picture of what Utah potentially could look like me living there. Right. And of course, because they're good people, well, guess what happened? They brought me around good people. Right. right. So my experience was always, was always good. Um, and so, yeah, so that was kind of like the secret, the secret to, I guess, to, to survive out here. I'm I agree sure. with that. I yeah. actually really agree with that because um, I feel like when I first got to BYU, I really made it a goal to surround myself around black people and mm -hmm. brown people or people that you know, making me feel culturally safe. Yeah. And those again are still my like my that was my main social circle and still to this day is my main social circle, which mm -hmm. I feel like once you have that community, it does make a space like this that can feel unbearable really bearable and like like you can survive it and that you do have places that accept you mm -hmm. um and people that you can lean on. Cause I, yeah, I was talking to my roommate about that how we were talking about moving away from mm -hmm. here. Um, and we're like, the hard thing about Utah is like, this is where we, like, we have community here. Mm -hmm. This is where we became like adults, you know, and like yeah. found that community. And that community has made us, you know, not necessarily love the place, but love the people who just, you know, we're all living here at this mm -hmm. time. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Because like, yeah, like I said, that's, that's the, that's the secret sauce, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. So if you have, um a tight group you know you can easily survive here but it wasn't really it wasn't always that easy i, I would say like you get you get tested a lot of times oh for you, sure you, know, you get you get tested a lot of times it can be at your job it can actually be <laughs> a practice you can be talking to your coach i've mm. seen everything right um getting tested i like that phrase i'm gonna start using that oh no because <laughs> that's what it is you really are being tested no, like <laughs> no and, and sometimes it's actually intentional mm. actually oh, yeah. most of the time it's actually intentional but they have these people they actually have their way to to kind of try you in a sense and mm. then oh they do try you oh no and it's funny because that that thing that you're actually going to fall for it but this is where this is where i tell people this kind of like the the mental battle actually comes into play mm. it's like a psychology thing that you have to go through with people like that and usually for me, I just don't entertain them. But I, with my energy, I just kind of let them know, hey, like, I already know where this is going. So let's just, let's just, just make sure that we stay, you know, correct here. That's all. Mm -hmm. So so kind of pivoting a little bit from that, tell us how, you know, like once you got to Utah, tell mm -hmm. us how you kind of got involved with, uh, with civil engagement or mm -hmm. kind of got involved with the politics of the area, you know, because we want to talk about the project that you're working Absolutely. on, but just kind of Absolutely. building up to that. Tell us a little bit mm -hmm. about how you got involved with that. So the way I actually got involved with this, so 
just so you know, like, so my circumstances, because I actually came to the U.S. because of political reason, right? So the Ivory Coast was actually going through a civil war at the time, right? Mm -hmm. And so that kind of like changed, you know, my whole perspective when it comes to that, because for that reason, right, a lot of people actually got killed where I'm from, including mm -hmm. family members that I lost wow. during the war, right? Mm -hmm. So I actually promised myself that I would never even engage with politics ever, mm -hmm. right? Like, I just want to make sure that, you know, I do what I'm supposed to do. I just go to school, get a job, possibly get a career, have a family. I'm, I'm just going to focus on that. And so for the longest time, I basically just like refused to even be out there just to even talk about these things. I'm like, man, I don't even care. I just don't want to do it. But what ended up happening is that like the media plays a lot into it, right? So like, even if you don't want to watch the media like that, they're just going to put, put that in your face to some degree, right? And some of the stuff that I was actually seeing actually started to just kind of like affect me a little mm -hmm. bit, especially like from an immigration standpoint, which we already covered. And so I'm starting to, to just like think, I'm like, hey, like, how do I, how do we even address this? You know what I'm saying? And then from personal experience too, like you can tell like there's kind of like a, I'm not, there's kind of like an agenda behind it. I'm like, maybe they're just like throwing stuff on our face on purpose, but that's not the, that's not really what's going on, right? And so if you if you actually dig deep into it, you realize, oh, like the issue is actually bigger than than what you're actually seeing. And most people don't even realize, like a lot of the stuff they're actually seeing, they don't understand the historical context of, right. of, of, of a lot of those things. But I do know most of it. I'm like, man, we gotta, we gotta change that perception a little bit, right? And so when we actually started working on this project, one of the biggest things that we actually wanted to do, and by the way, like, you know, Civic engagement and civic education, I believe, like, it takes some time to build, mm -hmm. right? Especially for those that don't like it. Even me, like, I just didn't like it. So I have to, you know, train myself into it. But I just felt like, you know, it was kind of my duty to do it. And I'm like, this is how I wanted to go about this. I, hey, look, like, I just want to make sure that civic conversation always, like, happens, right? Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm, I'm not, I don't care about your views. I don't care about your religion. I don't mm -hmm. care about where you come from. I think we just need to actually sit down and talk. And I guess figured out what the middle ground is going to be for all of us, you mm -hmm. know. So the the project I can cover that now. But the project that I was working on, Rachel, so it's it's like a it's an app that that we developed. Like it's like a non-partisan, you know, social media app basically that we build for everybody here, and we want basically people to connect with what's going on around them. So it's going to be essentially associated with your zip code. But we want to make sure that for all of these issues, they actually know who are the elected officials they actually need to talk to. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing that I've, I haven't seen since I came here. As a matter of fact, when it was actually time to vote in 2020, I, I pick up the ballot, right? And I'm looking, at, I'm looking at all these names. I'm like, who are these people? Like, mm. I've never even heard of them. Past the federal, like, like you're talking yeah. about the local mm. ones, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I've, I've never even heard of them. Like, what, what is this? You know? And that's what I knew. Like, there's like, there's, there's a big disconnection between what's going on and, and the people. There's something that's just kind of like missing yeah. in between. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have to do a lot of work to get to, to the truth. And I just don't think that's fair, especially in this day and age. So we basically just trying to solve that. So, I yeah, I'm oh, sorry, no, no, right right yeah, yeah, I was just saying, I think that's a big need. Yeah. Um, it just again, this past legislative session has just really impacted me, and mm -hmm. so seeing how 
unaware I was personally, right, taking accountability for saying, oh, I really didn't know who my representative was, mm-hmm. who they are. And then I'm like, oh, no, you voted for this bill yeah. to go through this, um, the anti-DEI one that just passed. Yeah. I'm like, you voted for that. Yeah. Who are you? Let me look <laughs> this person up because who are you? Yeah. I need to know your name. I yeah. need to go to your house and say, what's up with that? Mm-hmm. I live in your district. You need to change the way you think because mm-hmm. you do not represent me, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so, um, I don't know. I think that that's really, really important in seeing how at least this experience, I feel like mm-hmm. this is my first like tangible experience where I'm seeing that the way local government really mm-hmm. impacts what's happening in my everyday and in yeah. the lives of the people around me and seeing how things are like things now are going to have to change in the next couple months because yeah. of this bill that they just passed. Um, and obviously other things are going to be influenced through that too. Different yeah. things. We just see what got passed in Alabama about embryos, which is a whole nother topic, but really um, I think people are, our eyes are always on the federal government, right? And yeah. looking there, but we need to look at what's happening in front of us to be aware of like, how is our everyday actually going to change? Um, and I think that's where people are the least aware and educated. Yeah. And this is essentially where it starts. Yeah. Just, just so you guys know. So when we, when we actually doing our research, I'll just give you guys some like numbers, like, so you guys kind of like understand like how important what we're doing is. So it's like, we have like about 500,000 plus elected official in America, right? Mm. 99% of them are actually elected on the local level. Mm. 99%. So everything that you actually see on TV from a federal perspective is just the 1%. Right. Mm. So I, I just think it's just kind of interesting that this is what they actually choose to show you on a day-to-day basis, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like, you know, it's not important or it's not relevant, but based on what we deal with every day, you know, in our lives, right? What's going on across the street for me, first off? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's what I want to know, right? And I think that's kind of like what the people need, right? Because like I think some people cannot even relate to what's going on at the federal level, like I said, because they don't even understand, you know, the the context, like, historically of what they're seeing. Like, just seeing, oh, like, you know, countries are just being bombarded, and, and that's just all they see. But I'm like, hey, like, if you know the context of this stuff, there's a lot that goes into that, right? But that's that can be too much for for people to gravitate. So I'm like, hey, like, let's just start with what's going on around them first. Like, so mm-hmm. they can get familiar with the elected official locally, what's going on with bills and policies and stuff. And this is another thing, like in Utah alone, like last year we had like what, 573 bills that have been passed, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Think about it. 573 bills right. in one year. Like, how do you so, pass, how do you pass a bill? First of all, like how 500, I mean, that's, that's, that's just kind of crazy if you ask me, mm-hmm. but I believe there's a there's a process for for that, right? And so, like, I just we just want to make sure that people are also part of it. Like, hey, like, we just want to communicate with the person who put the bill in place to see the context and see if that's something that the people are going to agree with or not, right? Right. So that's essentially like the gap that we we are trying to solve. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely a big gap. Yeah, that's a big gap for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna ask too. Oh, I forgot my question. Oh. <laughs> you want me to go? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, you got it. Um, <clears throat> I'm curious, like, when you guys, when you, because um, I know it's a team of you, right, who's, mm-hmm. who's working on this, how did the conversation start when you were like, let's let's do this, right? Because 
I love that the, you're filling this gap. It's really big. But like, how did how did that brainchild even like come to life? Like, what made you guys like? Were you just talking casually? I just love hearing. I think about like Black Menaces and how it mm-hmm. started. Like, very casual, not really thinking it was gonna be anything, and it became something. And so yeah. I love hearing how other people when they start things or decide they want to do something. Like, what did that feel like? What did it look like? And how did you kind of you know get us to where we are today where it's developed to the point that it's at yeah for sure so for my partners i believe it's i mean it's it's something everybody have like their their reasons of why they should mm-hmm. just like jump on it's like, okay like i think this is time to do this um for me personally what actually happened where i was like man i just i just kind of had enough i couldn't even find my mayor mm-hmm. where i live i couldn't even find it mm-hmm. uh google i i, I search i actually ask questions and I'm like, how? Why can I not even find my mayor? This is just like weird. And so, and I remember, and, and during that time, like the app was already kind of like pre-built. And I remember just like making a phone call to, you know, to to one of my partners. I was like, look, man, like we have to go full force on this, yeah. full force, because this is this is America. Think about this. Why how how why does it have to be so hard for me to even find my mayor? Mm. How how is that right? So I got frustrated, right? Yeah. Because they were having um in the city where I live in Benyard, I think they were having um, I can't remember exactly what the issue was, but that's essentially how I was I was I was looking for the mayor. I couldn't even find the mayor. I'm like, what is going on here? You know? So I I got tired of that part, right? So I'm like, man, like we need to know who is who and who does what. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's that's the biggest thing, you know. So yeah. so for me it was it was just just being frustrated. Like my actually I can't even find the people that I actually need to talk to. I don't even know who they are, what they look like. Yeah, I just don't think that that's right. So yeah, yeah I agree. I think it's so important to know who your elected officials are mm-hmm. because then you can reach out to them and you like, can reach you out know, to them. Help to you know if you if you're in opposition to something, you can exactly. say that. If you support something, you can say that. Exactly. Um, and I think that that just makes a huge difference. But the way that the government is set up, we're viewed to look at it on a on a national level and not yes. really pay attention to the local. Yeah. Um. You know, it, for me, as I've you know, gotten more educated about politics and mm-hmm. how things work. I realized how important it is to, you know, go to those primary elections mm-hmm. and make sure that you're, you're following those things. Um, and I think that the the project that you're working on is just such a great way to do that, yeah. right? you know, yeah. to, to get people educated and informed. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you, you, there's a lot of things that are still in the works mm-hmm. that you don't want to talk about, but are there yeah. any features that um, that you did want to kind of describe or like some things that you'll be able to do using CivUp? Yeah, for sure. So like the, so what we're going to do is like, we're just going to release like the, the beta version of the app, right? Because we have like so many features on the pipeline that we don't want the experience to be overwhelming for people, right? Mm-hmm. So essentially we're just kind of like give them what they need, which is just, hey, as soon as you log in, you can actually see exactly who your elected officials are. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing that they're going to see. And then we just kind of like want to see exactly what what is it that the people want? Because at the end of the day, um, everybody is going to have a different experience using it. And that's what we want to do. We want to make sure that everything is just like customized and personalized to the people who's actually looking at it. Right. Mm-hmm. So if there are certain things and this is later, I can I can just I can just say it comfortably. If there are certain things that you don't want to see, like especially things that are going on the federal on the federal level, then you don't have to. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so. We st- strongly encourage people to just like kind of like focus on what they're actually comfortable with first and then just kind of like work their way up into the biggest stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because when it gets to that point, I believe most people would be prepared to to engage and really understand what's going on up there. But yeah, we just want to make sure that 
people will just kind of like tell us what is it that they actually want and then we can kind of build out for them so okay yeah. and for the for the listeners if you could kind of maybe like in the in in the best way to describe what like the app looked like mm-hmm. how it like how they will operate it mm-hmm. just so they can see you know through words in the best way you can describe it just so they could kind of get an idea of how it would help them be more civically engaged. Oh yeah, absolutely. So as soon as they actually log in, like they're going to have, you know, access to the news. Right. And so what's going to happen is that we're going to probably expose them first to the federal level first. Right. Um, since that's what they actually see in every day, we was just going to start with that. And then for anything that they actually do read, like they will have direct access to the elected official that's going to be attached to what they read, which I think it's very, very important mm-hmm. to know exactly who is kind of like responsible for what is it that you're actually reading. And so if you actually have a problem with that, then you can actually reach out to his office, right? You mm-hmm. can make phone calls, you can actually send emails. Um, so we're just going to start with that. And then, So like if an elected official is sponsoring mm-hmm. a bill, yes, they'll be able to see... They'll be able to see... What elected official is... Exactly. Okay. They'll be able to see exactly who initiated the bill. And who's the person they actually need to actually contact? Mm. Yep. So that's how we're going to start it. Will there be a way in the app to directly contact them, or will it like yes. like type? Oh, okay. They can actually call call the office directly. Okay. Yep. That that helps. You know, people mm. are I, I'm I'm people. Not okay. Yeah. <laughs> so lazy, and but I'm people, and so having it right there definitely will make it uh, more accessible. Hundred percent. Yes. And that's a great simple way to get people civically engaged because not everybody can go to a protest every time. Not mm-hmm. everybody can go to the Capitol in yes. the middle of a work day, you know. Yep. Um, but everybody can jump on an app and you know send an email to their their elected official. Exactly, and that's that's a very good point. Like, and I'm not even against like you know going and out there and actually protest. I actually really strongly believe in that. Mm-hmm. But to be completely honest, like for my my view on this is that this this should be at this point. Uh, where we are, like in society, that I think this should be the last thing that we actually want to do. That, like, we have the technology available to, mm. you know, to do it, engage, you know, with civic stuff like comfortably. Like, we don't have to really suffer, I guess, like we used to. Right. We just use it as a last resort, I would say. But I think it's just time to just kind of like, you know, change things around. We we have all those like, you know, social media apps for entertainment and stuff like. I can't believe we don't have anything for a civic engagement. That's, that's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah, that's true. Especially in the wake of, of all the politics, the the storm of politics we've mm-hmm. dealt with in the last, what, it's been eight years? Yeah. You know, for there to have been nothing significant mm-hmm. about civic engagement yeah, or nothing, you know, with a significant ease of use exactly. to be out there, you know, like yeah. there's plenty of different things. But yeah, being able to find basic information. Mm-hmm. What was that last year you said that you tried to find the mayor yeah. in the town that you live in and you couldn't find I it? I can't even find the mayor, dude. Like, right. You know, that's 20 years of, of the internet, you know? So um, to not be able to find that in this day and age is just kind of incredible because yeah. we're in the age of information. That's what yeah, they call it. Exactly. We have everything but that. Mm. If you if you think about it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have everything but that. Like how? That should have been the very first thing that we have first before anything else. Yeah. yeah. And I think the more, like, the longer we go on transparency in yeah. politics, I think is more important than ever. Exactly. I feel like if an elected official knows that the bill that they're proposing mm-hmm. is going to be public knowledge, mm-hmm. they're going to approach that a lot differently. Mm-hmm. And they may write some things differently if they know that they have to actually answer to the people that they're passing that bill for. Yeah, exactly. So. And then they have to, it's the law, it has to be, it's, it's public record. So, like, mm-hmm. everybody can find those bills, right? Yeah. Um, it's public record, but it's not usually public knowledge. Yeah, it's right? not public right, knowledge. Yeah. Right. And, right. Yeah. and most of the time it's very, very hard to even to even find those policies, right? Mm-hmm. But this is something true. That, this yeah. is something that's going to be available to them like right away. They can just kind of like see. Right. You know, and then another thing that's pretty cool is that um 
there's like an AI technology that we actually build around this, just like make it simple for people to understand those bills and policies. For those who read bills before, mm-hmm. I did it. It was crazy. You know, say it was pretty long, first of all. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, like this is going to be way too hard for me to even navigate. So mm-hmm. imagine if a bill is about 20 pages, 20 pages long, right? Right. Do you really think I can actually read 573 bills mm-hmm. in that fashion? You know, I got stuff to do. You know, so, you know, so, yeah. so yeah, so we're just trying to make sure that it's it's simple for for people to 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 understand and they, they mm-hmm. can comment right away, kind of share how they feel feel about it. And this is essentially what we're actually trying to create. Like we're not trying to, you know, um, pick a side. Like it's like a non-partisan and say, hey, look, this is what's going on. You know, share how you feel about it. You know, contact your representative. And then let's just kind of like go from there. Mm-hmm. I think this would be a great, a great starting point. Absolutely. So, so you're saying like, so the 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 AI that you're using, it'll mm-hmm. take like a 20-page bill or 30-page yes. bill, whatever, and into summarize a, it into like a, a few paragraphs. Into a few paragraphs. Okay. Right. It's like, it will be easy for like a, a two-year-old to understand, <laughs> literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, you actually get why this bill is actually being passed, you know, and you can also kind of have, and then I, I can say, you can kind of have like access to just kind of like the historical context of why this bill is even put in place. If you, if you, if you, if you remember what I told you, a lot of stuff that we are actually looking at, there's actually a history related to that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so mm. if you really want to go deep into that, I think this is kind of like where you want to go, but it's, it's going to be a process for people to start doing that and so we think by just keeping it very very simple it would be a great way to to get it started so but we were excited by the project for sure yeah absolutely that's powerful stuff yeah um yeah and i also think what you guys were talking about earlier in terms of politicians not being aware that people know what's going on and Mm -hmm. i think about if they knew like if they were aware that there's an app Mm -hmm. that you know when they propose this bill um just because I feel like everyone's influenced by media and their mm-hmm. image and PR, right? Yep. And knowing my thoughts about trying to push a certain narrative because so mm-hmm. many things happen in this country that go under the, the the rug that we don't know of because of the lack of, not that it's not public information, but they just assume that people don't care, yeah. aren't going to research it because there is a lot always moving, mm-hmm. right? People have their own lives and can't keep up with the, you know, 500 and whatever bills that are passed in Utah yeah. and they're going to go and read them. And I think politicians know that and they lean on that so that they can pass things that are not beneficial for the their people mm-hmm. that they actually represent. Yeah, And hopefully something like this could change that, that narrative and mm-hmm. would make excuse me, um, politicians who represent people are more, are being held more accountable yeah. and are more fearful for what they're actually implementing in, um, in the policies that they're trying to pass. Yeah. That's, that's, that's essentially, you know, the goal, like, it's just to literally just like facilitate, you know, conversations between, between us and our representative. That's like literally what it is. Right. So if, if there's a bill that's just like being passed, right. Mm-hmm. I think the people, need to know and the people just kind of like deserve to know, right? And I, I think also, this is also going to be good for them, right? Mm. To know kind of like in real time, like how do the people actually feel about this, right? And then they can actually use the data that, you know, that's going to be provided for them to make informed decisions about this, right? Mm. But essentially everybody is actually going to be informed. So if you ask me, it's a win-win on both sides, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so we hope that, you know, they are going to embrace this concept. Um, just because, like I said, like there's just too many things that we've done for so long that just like did not work. I mean, historically, you know, a lot of the stuff that we've done, even as, as black people, 
sadly, I, I would argue that, you know, he has failed. He hasn't really worked. But there's definitely an impact, right, that we're trying to, you know, use to just kind of like continue to carry on the torch. But how long are we going to do this, right? We just need to make sure that everybody kind of take action today. And the conversation, you know, is the, is the initial starting point. So that's what we, yeah. we hope to do. That makes sense. Yeah. And as we end, I wanted to ask specifically, what is your role um, in this project? Like, what role have you played? And just to, you know, let the listeners know a little more specifically what you've done as it's developed. Yeah, for sure. So I, I've been taking care of, like, all of our partnerships. So, mm -hmm. and we have, like, multiple of them. I'm not going to open, uh, open um, my mouth on that. <laughs> but we have, like, multiple partnerships. Like, there's been, like, a lot of excitement, mm. um, you know, around this project. Like, it, it seems it seems to us that everybody wants it. And so we just want to make sure that we we deliver that form. And that's why we're actually releasing the beta version of it, because we don't want to give them too many things, but we want them to tell us what they want. And then, mm. and then we'll give it to them. So. Love that. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I think. That's exactly how you have me. Yeah, we're good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we covered everything. Um, mm -hmm. I'm excited for this to be released yeah. um, for for the public, and I'm excited for you know people like our listeners mm -hmm. and people who engage with our content. They're people who this is something that they would be very interested in, and something Absolutely. that they would want to. Um, our followers are very civically, politically engaged. Yes, yeah, yeah. and I think shout a lot of what sorry, Nate. I just said shout out to them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, yeah. yeah. I think a lot of this upcoming generation is too. Like, I think the upcoming generation is very. Mm -hmm aware and is trying to engage themselves civically and so yeah. i think you will have a lot of success as well with the younger generation mm -hmm. um because we care about a lot of issues that not that our parents didn't but mm -hmm. i think we're just seeing the impacts of so many people not caring for so long mm -hmm. or not paying this close of attention and so we're our generation is kind of like hey wait a minute um no we're, we're seeing the impacts of that we need to be more aware so that you know we aren't Messing up the next generation, um, yeah. kind of the way that we 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 have been a little bit, but <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I guess what are our recommendations then? If we're we're done, then mm -hmm. Nate, um, do you want to start us off on recommendations today? Oh man, my recommendations. Let's see here. I recommend that you check out two TV shows on Netflix that just dropped. Oh, because you know I, I already know what one we're gonna yeah. be. I know Nate. I already know what one it's gonna be. <laughs> what is it gonna be? The 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 new Vince Staples show, yep, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna recommend that. I watched it. It's an interesting show, um, but it's it's a fun show. It was enjoyable. Um, he, I guess he, when he was doing some interviews about it, he said that it was this generation's Martin, and I was like, wow, that is a very ambitious statement. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, much. Hmm, my, my curiosity is peaked. I watched it. It was an interesting watch. It was enjoyable. Um, I don't know. It was an interesting vibe, but I I, I recommend watching it. Uh, it's a fun show. Looking forward to seeing where it goes in the future. And the other one, Avatar The Last Airbender, just dropped today. I already watched the first episode. <laughs> I love the cartoon growing up, so excited to see where that show goes. Check it out. Love it. Awesome. Um, my recommendation, um, it's also going to be TV, reality TV. Everyone who knows me knows I love reality TV. I oh, don't it's care. Not reality TV again. I'm sorry. I love reality TV so much. I got. just it, it's like I feel like it's sociology, mm. psychology. Mm. I think that's why I really like it. It's like get to watch people because I love people watching. Like I just mm. like on the street, but it's like me people too, watching. Yeah. But it's like I get to observe them. Anyway, 
Love is Blind just is dr- dropped last week. The second set of episodes dropped today. Um, it's just a great reality TV show. I think it's so entertaining. It's very interesting. Um, and I love like understanding the way people like date as well. I think mm-hmm. that that's such an interesting topic to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love seeing it like in a fast paced environment and seeing people's just like red flags or unhealed trauma. I'm sorry. I won't ramble too much, but <laughs> I recommend going to watch that if you like learning about relationships and watching people and being entertained. Um, but Cedric, what about what about you? Any recommendations? It can be anything, you know? Yeah. First recommendation, save up that AI. Check it out. Okay. Yes. Mm, you got Your it. Your app. <laughs> yeah, you got you to check it out. It's, it's going to drop um, pretty soon. And then, so people um, aren't able to download it just yet. Right? They're not going to be able to watch it download yet, but the the, the site is up. So we kind of want people to kind of get excited about that. Okay, and it's civup.ai. Civ Could up. you spell yeah. that? Mm-hmm. C i v u p. dot ai. Cool. So go check the website out. You yep. can learn more about the app. Yep. Check it out. And then, um, as far as shows, um, well, I got two shows for y'all. Um, it's on Netflix. The first one is called the uh, the Tourist. That show is mm. fire, guys. Okay. You, you guys just gotta watch it. And then there's another one. It's called Beef. I actually started. Oh, those shows. I started Beef. Beef was great. I actually started those shows mm-hmm. last week. Oh man, I was I was just like pumped. Me like anything like related to you know intense you know drama stuff that make you think, make you guess. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I just kind of like make you oh, oh like yeah, that's yeah. that's my thing. So okay. those those two shows, man, cool. Y'all gotta check it out. Okay. Oh, I also recommend going to see the Bob Marley movie, uh, oh. One Love. I went and saw that. Um, I thought, huh? Is it good? I thought it was pretty good. Like I thought okay. that they told the story pretty well, and I I realized I knew nothing about him before I saw that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, it, it was really cool to see like the way that they that he became a performer, kind of what his messaging was, and like what he dealt with in Jamaica. Like I hadn't again, I really didn't know his story at all, mm-hmm. and so um, I didn't also realize how young he was when he passed away. Mm-hmm. He was thirty six, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and he was so he early. Survived to, a lot, huh? Yeah. He survived a lot. Yeah. And so I, I knew nothing about him. And so I was like, oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. Like, where have I been? So mm-hmm. that was really cool. Because I, I listened to his grandchildren's um, music. Yeah. So um, I was like, oh, I've never actually known the, the legend they came from. So uh, that was, so I do recommend going to see that. Okay. I have, I've been wanting to check it out. But I'm curious, is it uh, is it the type of movie that would probably win an Oscar? Or mm-hmm. is it like a Judas and the Black Messiah type? If that makes sense. Like, do they talk about Bob Marley, like, being a revolutionary and talk about, like, all the controversial things that he did? No, they're not, like, I don't know how to describe it because I don't know the controversial things he did. And I didn't get that vibe from it. Like, the only thing that it talked about was that he tried to do a um, the concert that Mm -hmm. he did in uh, Jamaica and then how he basically almost was killed because of the concert that he was trying to do. Mm -hmm. And then... That was really like I felt like the most controversial thing. Okay. They they told the story of like how their music became popular, kind of what their group's experience was, his relationship with his wife, um, things like that. Wasn't anything too crazy. I I think that the woman who played his wife, I forget her name. She was in Woman King, um, mm-hmm. the warrior who um was killed at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's his wife. She was okay. phenomenal in it. I thought she was a better cool. actor than the main. Bob Marley, no offense. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry, I'm ranting okay, now. But cool. I recommend going to see it. Uh, go see it, Nate, and then we can yeah, talk about it next it week I'll to let me know your good. thoughts. Because yeah. again, like I said, I didn't know much about his life mm-hmm. until the movie. And so I, I don't think that it 
covered what you think it might have, but okay. it still was good. And it's approved from his family because when they first mm-hmm. the movie first comes on, his son is on screen and it's like, we thought this movie was great. We yeah. thought it told the story of our father very well. Okay, like cool. basically like giving the family stamp of approval. Oh, so. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I, I'm not surprised. I mean, this this movie should be sacred first and foremost. And yeah. so a lot of his kids are still alive. And so mm-hmm. yeah. if they're if this movie's actually up and you know playing, oh, they yeah. got a lot of approval from him. You know? Oh yeah, so, because yeah, it was like a legit clip. Like it was a literal clip of his son, like first, and it was I mean, he looked just like him. So yeah. that was like really cool. But yeah, it was his family likes this. And I think that's probably what they wanted to focus on too, was his message of, cause I mean, it did tell like what his message was, what he wanted the world to know, what he wanted the world to feel from his music. That's definitely the, like what I took away from it. Yeah, for sure. Cause he's for sure. He's like, he's a God there for for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It did show that as well. I didn't realize how like (laughs) sacred he was to the people of Jamaica. And that was really like cute to see. And I was like, Mm. Oh, I didn't realize that. So that's cool. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but that's it for us. Anything else you want to end on, Nate? Uh, just the, the closing remarks. That's about it. Okay. Yeah. I'll take those. Let's see. So just a couple closing things. Uh, be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms. So at Black Menaces on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, and then The Black Menaces on YouTube. Feel free to send us some donations uh, at the Black Menaces on Venmo and then the blackmenaces.org slash donate. Uh, you can also purchase some merch from the blackmenaces.org slash store. And then if you have any stories that you'd like us to share or people that you'd want be interested in seeing us interview, uh, please just send us an email at the uh, uh, actually blackmenacespodcast at gmail.com. You can shoot us an email there and you can also find that on the uh, blackmenaces.org website. Yes. Yeah, that's all I got. That's all we got. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Cedric. And we will catch you guys all next week. Bye.